0: Have you found the keys to unlock your best trip? On a Trafalgar tour, you unlock more than just the world. We give you the key to let down your walls and make lifelong friends. The key to discovering hidden talents and fresh perspectives. From one-of-a-kind experiences to iconic destinations, Trafalgar gives you the keys to unlock your best self. Discover more at trafalgar.com slash unlock. That's trafalga dot slash unlock. Tour differently. This episode of the DLU Podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Supergreen Gummies. The Supergreen Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the d Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett T. Lewis, and I hope everyone's week is going great as we enter into the weekend. But this past weekend, man, you want to talk about excitement. <laughs> this past Sunday, I actually filmed my music video for my upcoming single, Espacion, uh, featuring the one and only Angie Stars. To be honest with you, this is by far the best project I've done musically since I started music back in 2015 2016 and I want to give a huge shout out to the production crew Serge Edwin Fury you guys rock thank you so much for you know taking my vision and putting your spin on it and making this in my opinion you know a great video it's going to be really, really cool to see. So if you guys want to check it out, again, it's uh, the, the record comes out on August the 25th on all streaming platforms. The music video is going to be available on my YouTube channel via um, Vivo. So if you go to YouTube and uh, look up either Darryl T. Lewis or The Real D.T. Lou, you'll be able to see it there. The video will also be on Tidal as well as Apple Music. So make sure you uh, go to my any of my social media to be exact, and just go click on the link and you can go to the pre-save option and you can pre-save it on either Apple Music, Spotify, or Deezer. And of course, I got some pro wrestling coming up, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend at the world famous Monster Factory. So I'm looking forward to being back, you know, in the mix with uh, some pro wrestling. But speaking of pro wrestling, you know, this week I'm not doing any interviews. Um, This is strictly dedicated to this weekend, this Saturday night. SummerSlam event brought to you by World Wrestling Entertainment. And it's taking place at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the last time that the WWE was there, it was for WrestleMania 23 back in 2007. It was over 80,000 fans. You know, it was headlined by um, the WWE Championship match that featured the champion John Cena channel uh, he was defending against Shawn Michaels and which was a very underrated main event. I watched that match a few months ago and I was just telling friends of mine, I said that match isn't talked about enough, considering that, you know, it was really supposed to have been Triple H and John Cena wrestling, but then Triple H at Taurus Quad that year. So Shawn Michaels obviously ended up you know taking his spot. But it was a really, really good match. I really enjoyed it and it was such a great crowd. But you know, obviously, SummerSlam is one of the big four, the one of the big Classic Four um, events, you know, in uh, in WWE. I still remember to this day watching the very first SummerSlam in 1988 at my aunt and uncle's house. And the opening match was the Fabulous Rougeau brothers and the British Bulldogs going to a 20-minute uh, time limit draw, still one of my top 10 favorite wrestling matches of all time. If you guys have Peacock, or the WWE Network, if you live outside of the United States, I definitely encourage you to watch SummerSlam '88 and watch the very first match, and you'll be you'll be you'll you'll definitely agree with me once you see it. But I'm going to break down all of the matches that are on this year's card, give you my opinions on it, you know who I think will win, you know, and why, and talk about some other you know topics surrounding SummerSlam as well. And we'll start off with the SummerSlam Battle Royal. Now, right now, listed in this battle royal are L.A. Knight, Sheamus, Tommaso Ciampa, Shenshke Nakamura, Otis, and Chad Gable. That's the only confirmed participants so far. Now, I thought that the SummerSlam battle royal was going to take place on this on this Friday SmackDown, and that Sheamus and L.A. Knight was going to take place at SummerSlam. Because usually, you know, before WrestleMania, they'll have the WrestleMania Battle Royal or the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on SmackDown. But for whatever reason, they're doing it totally different for SummerSlam. I'm hoping that this will feature L.A. Knight and him winning it. I think him obviously being the last two in there, but let's say somebody like maybe Sheamus, because you figure depending upon what the finish is going to be. Um, this Friday night in their match, I'm hoping that it's maybe a double countout or maybe a double DQ or something like that, and they can actually finish it in the battle royal. And I think LA Knight tossing out Sheamus, you know, it can really get that crowd going. And I'm hoping that's pro- I'm hoping that's the opening match. I'm, I'm gonna again, I don't know, but I'm hoping that LA Knight walks out the winner of the battle royal. And who knows? I mean, this guy is. Really on the rise right now. I mean, considering the fact that when he was called up to the main roster over a year ago, and he was, they they changed his name to Max Dupree and they put him with the Maximum Male Models, and he was just going to be a manager. And I just thought they were doing a huge disservice to him, him being so talented and him being being around for a while. I mean, he he was in the WWE de- developmental system going back to 2013, and you know the fact that they were gonna they, they were to make him a manager, and I know the rumor was that oh he was too old. But I'm like, well, you know, you considering got guys like I don't know Brock and AJ Styles um, in their mid forties. You know, you have a bunch of guys in their forties that are that are killing it right now. I'm like, Eli Knight's only four, he's forty years old and he looks in great shape. So I mean, he doesn't look like a, a an old old man. He he looks like a like a young man. You know what I mean? So I just think that they did a huge disservice to him, and I'm glad that you know. They gave him the L.A. Knight gimmick back last year. And, you know, of course, he went through, a, you know, the, the, the period of you know the, the the Bray Wyatt match and the pitch black match at the Royal Rumble, which, again, excuse my language, turning chicken shit into, t- into chicken salad. But yet the fans just gradually just gravitate towards L.A. Knight. And shout out to um, this Twitter account. Well, excuse me. The 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 app formerly known as Twitter known as X now um there's a there's a page on there called the Yeah Movement, shout out to the guy that runs that page. I actually followed that page and they followed me back. And I remember when I followed them, they were at three thousand followers. They're about to crack twenty thousand followers, and we're talking about within the last maybe month or so. So this really goes to show you. Um, how popular LA Knight is. He has some of the top selling merchandise right now. And we he you're talking about entering a territory with, you know, Cody Rhodes and, you know, Roman Reigns and things of that nature. So, you know, I'm hoping that the battle Royal can, you know, can feature him and him win, actually winning it. So I'm hoping that's the case. All right. Next we have Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. Now, obviously, you know, when me and uh, Julian were breaking down the Money in the Bank pay-per-view about a month ago and th- the turn the from Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey during that tag team uh, match, it caught everybody by surprise. Literally, me caught everyone by surprise. And, you know, having a match that, you know, has some realism to it in regards to them being best friends, you know, obviously um, Shayna Moving with Rhonda to LA to train with her, and I actually interviewed Shayna Baszler during WrestleMania um, week, and she was talking about when they were going to be in the, um, the the four corner um, tag team match at WrestleMania. How it was kind of a full circle moment for her because of the fact that they were in LA, you know, where she drove out to to live with Rhonda and train with her, you know, during MMA. And by the way, this is an MMA rules match, so I'm interested to see um, how that's all going to play out. Now, there's a rumor that um, Ronda Rousey, again, this is going to be kind of her swan song. She was going to be leaving WWE, so I'm sure, you know, putting Shayna over will will probably be, you know, the way they're going to go. And let's see what happens, you know, because, I mean, right now, with 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 the Women's Championship, you know, being tied up right now, and I'll get to that match in a little while with Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka. I don't think Shane is going to be in the in the mix on um, on SmackDown. I'm hoping she. I'm hoping they can move her to Raw, you know, because right now, Rhea Ripley's kind of on the island by herself right now. You know what I mean? And I just don't think that they've built up enough contenders on Raw to challenge for um, uh, Rhea's uh, World Women's Championship. So again, we'll see what happens. But I think. You know, Shayna Baszler wins, and uh, I think this will be kind of it for Ronda Rousey. Rides off into the sunset, and here we are. Next, we have um, Gunther the, uh, the Intercontinental Champion. He's over 400 days as champion, and he's closing in on being the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, which that record is still owned by the Honky Tonk Man. Yes, the Honky Tonk Man is still the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. But Gunther will be defending the championship against Drew McIntyre. Now, for those that didn't see the match at WrestleMania, the triple threat match with Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre, let me tell you that was a hard hitting match. you know, I know that. Uh, I know Biggie had a saying. You know. Uh, big meaty men slapping meat, but that's exactly what happened. I mean, they beat the holy hell out of each other. That was probably one of the most physical matches throughout the whole weekend, and I expect no different in this encounter. I think, to me, maybe a, maybe a, a, a DQ finish or some kind of wonky finish where Gunther ends up winning, you know, holding on to the title with, with outside interference. I could totally see that happening because I'm thinking that they probably want him to break that record. I could be totally wrong, but Gunther has—he really put some prestige on the title. You know, he looks the part. He acts the part. You know, when he when he he has a a demanding and commanding presence. You know, whenever he's out there and um, Imperium um, Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser and um, Giovanni Vinci, uh, Vici, um, I love that package. And, I mean, I think having him as the Intercontinental Champion and those two, you know, helping him keep it, you know, will obviously put more heat on him still. And maybe, you know, maybe down the line, somebody, LA Knight, LA Knight, can probably take it from him. I think that would be cool if that were to happen. Maybe WrestleMania. Who knows? We'll see. Next, uh, we have Ricochet and Logan Paul. Now, Obviously going back to the Royal Rumble and they had that incredible spot where they both did the leapfrog on the opposite sides of the ring and they collided midair. Crazy spot. I was I was just like, wow. And let me let me just say this. You know, people want to talk about, you know, the part timers and everything. And even I was one of the guys that used to complain about, you know, the part timers, you know, taking away from, you know, the guys that are on the roster. You know that are there every week, every night, every house show. You know every you know every uh, premium live event and that type of thing. Every TV, but at the same time, I think it's just a different business now. You know what I mean? With Logan, Logan Paul does bring outside eyes. You know to WWE. I think that the fact that he was able to. Really put in the work. I mean, and this dude. I mean, if you if you were to tell a jaded fe- or or a, a, just a casual fan to watch a Logan Paul match, they would think he was a part of the main roster. He's like he's a full time wrestler. He's not, and he is so good. And I I think the biggest mistake that they made was making him a babyface. I think Logan Paul just he generates natural heat. And I think why why you know why not you know, go to his strengths. He's just a a naturally cocky guy. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Tap into that. You know, Ricochet is the ultimate good guy, the ultimate babyface. So it makes sense. Uh, It was a nice um, piece of business. They were, he was in, um, because, you know, Ricochet is engaged to Samantha, the bomb, the ring announcer on Raw. Huge shout out to Samantha. I enjoy her work so much as a fellow ring announcer. You know, she makes me want to get better at what I do because she brings a Different element to her style of ring announcing and it makes her unique and it makes her special. And you know, Logan Paul had said something in regards to, hey, I see your girl over there, you know, she's the ring announcer, but guess what? She's gonna say my name, you know, as the winner. And of course that set Ricochet off on Monday, and you know, they had the little they had the little you know, fiasco going on and that type of thing, and Logan Paul left them laying. So again, I'm thinking Logan Paul does win the match. You know what I mean? I just I think in that can um, pro, they can make the feud a little bit longer, get some mileage out of it. Because I, I mean Ricochet winning after that, then what? You know what I mean? I just think that with Logan Paul winning, maybe with some underhanded tactics or something like that, grabbing the ropes, foot on the rope, grabbing the tights, whatever it is, I think you can get this feud and get some more mileage out of it, maybe to Survivor Series, even maybe to the Royal Rumble. Who knows? But maybe the Royal Rumble it finishes where maybe Ricochet can throw out Logan Paul. I think that can be it, but I'm I'm thinking Logan Paul wins the match, and they can continue. Next, uh, we have um, let's see here, Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Now, to this day, Brock has not stated what, what his beef is with Cody Rhodes. He didn't. He has not mentioned why he has a beef with Cody Rhodes. Somebody says something on Twitter where it was like, well, Brock could have said, Well, on night two of WrestleMania, I opened I opened up the pay-per-view and you closed it. So you got you got the big check and I didn't. They could have gone with that. But there's still no rhyme or reason to why this feud is even happening. Now, obviously, this is the March to Cody's redemption tour for the championship. And, and again, everyone that hasn't had an opportunity to watch the Cody Rhodes documentary, I urge you, I plead with you to go on Peacock or WWE network at the outside of the, uh, of the United States to watch the the Cody Rhodes documentary. So it's just about two hours long. And I mean, they talk about everything They talk about AEW. They talk about, you know, why he left. He actually, you know, stated why he did leave AEW and just just to set the record straight. And he didn't, Bury the company or anything, um, but they really told an incredible story in regards to his his journey in WWE when he was there when he got signed when he was twenty years old. What ultimately led to him leaving his journey outside of WWE, even before going to a you know going with AEW. You know, just his journey on the independent circuit, making a name for himself, and discovering who he truly is as a character, as a pro wrestler, as a personality. And I said this, you know, to some friends of mine, but Michael Cole said it too. Cody left as a boy or a young man and came back at came back as a grown man. And that's, man, it's like you can't even, you can't script that. You can't script it at all. I think Cody does win the match and, you know, Brock, you know, goes away. And because I just can't see Brock winning, and you know, Brock goes away and then that's it. And it's like, okay, who else is gonna feud with? So I think Cody does win the rubber match, and we will probably never find out why Brock was mad at him to begin with. Next, we have um for the World Heavyweight Championship, we have Seth Freaking Rollins defending against the challenger, Finn Balor. Now, this is um a special match in so many ways because you know seven years ago. Um, it was the finals for the um, the vacant. Uh, it was th- the crown, the very first Universal Champion, and Finn Balor did win, but he did get hurt in the process due to the uh, buckle bomb on the outside on the on the um, on the uh, railing, and that put Finn out of action for quite some time. So they do have some backstory regarding that, and I'm thinking this right. You, this is gonna be a seesaw match. You need to talk about. Pulling out all the stops, you know they're th- these are two of the best workers in the world, Finn Balor and 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 Seth Rollins. You know you talk about, you know Finn Balor with lineage going back to you know New Japan, you know with Bullet Club and you know the work that he did over there for years. You know obviously Seth Rollins, you know going back to his days at Ring of Honor, Tyler Black. You know he's working his way up the ranks, you know in WWE, you know with the Shield and you know all those things, and. I think now, you know, these are two different wrestlers from from seven years ago. You know what I mean? But I think that Finn Balor does win the match, wins the championship. And, of course, his Judgment Day brethren, Damian Priest, cashes in and beats Finn Balor to become the brand new world heavyweight champion. So I think Finn wins it. He's champion for maybe a minute or two. Maybe Seth Rollins beats, beats him down or something like that. And then Damian Priest comes in and cashes in on Finn Balor and wins the championship. So again, just my just my prediction, my opinion. I could be totally wrong about it, but if I'm right, you can just tweet me at the real DT Lou. Hey, you said it. There you go. <laughs> the triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship, the champion Asuka defending against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. Now, to me, I I predicted this match was gonna happen about a couple of months ago. It was just, it was destined to happen. I think, you know, Bianca not really getting her fair shake after losing the championship to Oscar to begin with, and Charlotte kind of getting her way back into the title picture. You can kind of see where this was going and which was gonna lead to a triple threat match. I think Oscar retained. And maybe we get a tease of EO, maybe cashing in. But we'll see. I think Asuka does retain the championship. And this might be a match that a lot of people kind of aren't looking forward to. But I think this match is going to be really, really good. Really, really good. The match ultimately that everyone wants to see, though, is Charlotte versus Bianca one-on-one. That's the match that I think you know, can can definitely be a game changer. You know, in regards to not just women's wrestling, but I think wrestling in general. You have Charlotte. You know, the I think just as a as a pure worker, Charlotte is one of the best in the world. And Bianca, you know, just her athleticism, you know, and what she does in the ring. You know, it, it doesn't doesn't phone it in. She really does her thing out there in the ring. But at the end of the day, it's all about being the champion, and I think. Again, Asuka does retain the Women's Championship, and like I said, maybe a a cash-in from EO? I don't know. I don't know if we can have two cash-ins in one night, but then again, you never know what's going to happen in the world of the the, uh, WWE, and of course, the main event of the evening, Tribal Combat for the Undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship, and a recognition of Tribal Chief when we have... Roman Reigns, of course, with the with the wise man, the special counsel, Paul Hammond and Solo Sokoa, defending against Jey Uso. I have to say this. You know, it's amazing that, you know, I would say five years ago, or whatever the case may be, it was hard to tell the Uso's apart. I'm not going to lie to you. It was very hard. But you could, you know, obviously they were starting to change their look and that type of thing. And Jey Uso has really come into his own as a single. I'm talking about even going back to three years ago when when Jimmy had got hurt, and you know Roman and J, Roman and Jay had that match at Hell in. I think it was Hell in a Cell, I think, and it was during the, of course, it was during the pandemic era in the Thunderdome and all that. So, you know, there, there were there were no fans, you know, live and to, to to see the match, but I think even now that you know with Jay Uso being such a a key role into this whole Bloodline storyline, I mean. With 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 the integration with Sami Zayn and and Jay not buying in and you know all these other different elements of storytelling, you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, Jay Uso is the MVP in my opinion of this whole entire storyline. I don't think this moves the the needle as much without Jay Uso. Just my opinion. Roman Reigns, of course, yeah, he's driving, he's 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 driving the driving the car, but I think that engine. That was in there is Jey Uso. And can I see Jey Uso winning the title? Yeah, but uh-uh, it ain't happening. Not not a, not at SummerSlam. And I think what happens is I think Jimmy's going to cost him the match. And now we have another detour in this storyline where Jimmy and Jey can have their feud. They alluded to this on um, Ariel Helani's um Interview before I believe it was before Money in the Bank and they were talking about how, you know, before it's all said and done, they've always wanted to have their own feud. You know what I mean? So I think this could lead up to a Jimmy and Jay um, feud that can go into maybe the next couple of months. They can get some mileage out of that, because I think, you know, having an uninterrupted uh, title reign, you know, with Roman at this point, you know, you might as well let it go out, let it ride out to Mania. You know, and um, and, and hopefully if it's him and Cody again, you know that can, you just never know. So I think Roman does retain due to uh, outside interference with with uh, Jimmy Uso, and that will be you know that'll be it for SummerSlam. So though again those um those finishes I'm talking about again I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. You know I'm not on the I don't I don't know anybody on the writing team at WWE at all. You know just just my opinions, you know, as far as just what I think, you know, it should be as far as the finishes and how how the finishes should go. And it should be a great, great pay-per-view, but there are some matches that are missing that I just cannot understand why they decided not to even put this matches on the on the on the card. And I'll go over a couple. First off, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased, but you mean to tell me you can't put my girl Sonya Deville and uh, Chelsea Green on the pay-per-view to defend the women's tag team titles? Come on now. You you, you have to, I mean, come on. You 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 have to put them on there. You know what I mean? They just won the titles and I mean, if you if you want to put some credibility on those belts, put them on pay-per-view. Put it put it on this put it on SummerSlam. Speaking of Rhea Ripley does not have a match. <laughs> she doesn't have a championship match. She's not defending the title. Like, you see, Rhea Ripley has a lot of TV time. She's cutting promos, you know, with the Judgment Day on Raw. She's doing that thing on, you know, she's doing cutting promos on NXT, you know, being that Dom is the North American champion. But there's nobody else out there for her right now. That's why I'm thinking maybe they can move Shayna Baszler over to, to Raw so they can give Rhea Ripley... You know, a, a a challenger, because right now the only challenger I see, you know, vying for the title is Raquel um, Rodriguez, but outside of her, there's really no one else. So maybe that that could be, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that's the case. But it's really really odd that Rhea Ripley is not defending; she doesn't have a match at SummerSlam. That is wild. And of course, the one that is extremely noticeable is Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch. They put so much time and effort into building this feud, and you mean to tell me that you don't have them on a marquee event like SummerSlam? Come on. Again, they have eight matches on this card, right? And it's your, again, it's a classic four-pay-per-view. You you Come on. I've seen eight matches go in three hours. You mean to tell me you can't add one or two more matches? Come on. I'm hoping, you know, that that some matches get added even after this uh, episode airs, um, is available. Because, I mean, come on. Because we still have SmackDown, you know, on Friday night. Then of course, SummerSlam is Saturday. But uh, uh, that that really bothers me. Trish Stratus, the Hall of Famer who came out of retirement for this, you know, to, to be involved in WrestleMania and to, you know, to get into this feud with Becky Lynch. You you know, and she, her and her heater, um, Zoe Stark. You can't put them on pay per view. Terrible, 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 terrible. But like I said, that's SummerSlam, and um, that I'm gonna you know not talk about SummerSlam right now. But I want to give a huge shout out to AEW. That's right. I talk more. I talk more than just WWE. I talk about any any wrestling promotion that has a has a squared circle. Huge shout-out to uh, AEW Dynamite on their 200th episode. I can't believe this young company is uh, blossoming. I mean, they've had some growing pains, obviously, and it seems to be ironing out a lot of the wrinkles. Um, I know they just signed—I know The Elite, um, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, and um, Hangman Page just signed their ex- their contract extensions today as I'm recording this right now. So, I'm hoping that whatever issues that were going on, you know, with the whole CM Punk thing, I hope that can iron itself out. Because there's so much money to be made with all those guys there on the roster. So I'm hoping that they can um, they can fix their whatever issues they are. Again, I don't have any inside knowledge or anything like that. But I'm just hoping that if, you know, by them re-signing, I'm pretty sure that could be a great sign of things to come down the road, because I know they have, they're a big event, um, All In, and London at Wembley Stadium, and I think it's over 70-some thousand tickets were sold already, and I'm hoping that they can really crack the 85,000 mark, because that'll be huge for the company, um, again, being a very young company, and you're putting on an event like that, speaks volumes about your infrastructure, about the talent that's there, and the fan base in London who who are, who are clamoring for pro wrestling. Sports Entertainment, whichever you want to call it, you know? And I'm hoping that, you know, WrestleMania goes to Wembley. You know, but Triple H was mentioning at the um, the the last uh, event, it was like, the money in the bank. It looks like he was saying during the uh, the press conference that or the media scrum rather that, you know, just the logistics involved to bring, you know, WrestleMania week over, you know, over to London. It's, it's a lot of cost involved a lot more than people realize and having been up close and personal you know during WrestleMania week in Los Angeles when I was covering it and just to see the machine that's WWE and the people that are involved and you know what this person does or what that person does it's it's, it's incredible to see you know as, a, as, a, as an outsider looking in. You know what WWE does on a daily basis, and the people, like I said, the the, the employees and, and everybody involved that makes that machine happen. You know, every single day, it's amazing. You know, to have watched for sure. But that's enough about wrestling for this week. So again, if you haven't uh, subscribed to uh, Peacock, you know, I I totally encourage you to do it and watch SummerSlam. I'm trying to figure out where I'm where I'm going to watch SummerSlam at on Saturday night. I may, I'm going to try to find somewhere to watch it because I'm pretty sure. I, I tried to hit up uh, Legends in New York City the other day. I tried to call because I know they show some events there sometimes, but they said that they weren't. So who knows? Who knows where I'll watch it? I'll probably end up being in my living room, which is perfectly fine by me, with some Skinny Pop popcorn in hand. <laughs> but I'm going to get out of here in a few minutes, but just want to just remind you all, you know, you can follow me on, you know social media, and that's the new, um, the, the, well, the 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 app formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, um, TikTok, Instagram, at the real DT Lou. Facebook is Derek T Lewis official page. You can go to my YouTube channel, as I stated earlier, in regards to you know subscribing there. You could look me up, Derek T Lewis, or the real DT Lou. You can go to shop. Derrettlewis.com so you can get some new uh all you know hoodies and tees. I got a special t-shirt that's dropping very, very soon for the music project. You can also listen to my music on all you know all platforms. So if it's uh title, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, you name it. <laughs> it's all on there. And um, like I said, the new um the new records coming. If you can go to my Bio. And you can just click the click the link in the bio, and the first link that you see is Espacion, and you can just click it. And you'll have to log into your um, account, whichever um, streaming device that you use, or streaming or service that you use, rather, and you can just pre-save it, pre-add it. So on at midnight on August 25th, the music will be right there waiting for you. Well, I'm gonna get out of here, and just remember, no matter what it is that you do in life. Always remember to make it count. See you next time.